Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to another episode of In The Pen, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. I am your host, Callan Elslager, joined as always by Rick Graham and Jake Crumpler. And guys, we've made it. Games officially count. We have made it to opening day. I don't know about you, but I have not stopped smiling since we. I woke up this morning. It's been a, a great day. I've, we've all been much watching baseball all day. I got to watch my Yankees start the season off 1-0. Aaron Judge, of course, it's the first home run of the season. No big deal. But as usual, you're not here to talk about Aaron Judge. You're here to talk about relievers. But before we get into it, just general thoughts. How excited are we to have games that actually matter again and are watching MLB baseball once more? Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a great day so far. A lot of uh, a lot of entertaining games. Even if it even if that means a couple of relievers have blown up in the process, uh, it's still been fun to watch watch some of these games and just I love the opening day you know there's games starting at one and there's you know the four o'clock it's just all day baseball so uh it's been great so far just excited to kick off another season totally it's been a a great day I don't know if I woke up smiling I'm a guy that needs coffee to Mm. get in the mood to uh start the day so I definitely wake up too tired to smile but once I had coffee and uh, started thinking about baseball a little bit. Yeah, I've been pretty pumped throughout the entire day. Unfortunately, I had work. I should have worked remote. But nonetheless, I still got to watch some baseball. And now I get to talk some baseball with the boys. And I'll do our usual caveat. We are currently recording this. As we are started this episode, Ronaldo Lopez has yes. now come in for the save for the Chicago go. White Sox against Houston Astros facing let's Alex go. Bregman. Jordan Alvarez and Jose Abreu. Oh. No big deal. Go get him, kid. And let's give us another victory lap. But so safe to say, we've watched most of the games today. We have not gotten to the West Coast games. 100? I know Jake could probably record what? it after that, but we have not. I don't think Rick and I could do a 12.45 a.m. recording at this point in our lives. No. It's just not going to no. happen. So if there's any big news that comes out of those, we'll recover it up on the next week. But if you've listened to us long enough, you know how we would start our regular season shows. It's a three up, three downs. But hey, you know what? We're not at that point in season. It's one game. I don't think any of us are making drastic changes to our ranks at this point, unless you're Jake and want to start his early season victory laps. But <laughs> we, we will start with some news before we get into the games, because we have there has been some stuff that's come out today since our last episode, including, as usual, a major injury. Of course, the one day we decided to record early, we miss a major injury. And Rizal Iglesias is going to be starting the season on the IL for the Atlanta Braves. With a shoulder shoulder inflammation, we don't know exactly the timetable, but we didn't get to cover it on last week, so we want to talk about it. We saw a little bit of what uh, possibly they'll be doing in on opening day, but who do we have as the favorite now for Atlanta? If you're still looking for saves, is there someone you want to take a shot on? Do we have a favorite for the Braves at this point? Yeah, for now, it looks like it's going to be AJ Minter, and he, I mean, he was going to get a save today, and talk a little bit more about that game later but um <laughs> i know Reynaldo looks awesome um 
Oh no! Okay, you were saying you were saying Rick. You were saying. Uh, oh, don't hang that slider. Um, that was actually pretty, that wasn't a terrible pitch either. That's just you on Alvarez pitch. being you on Alvarez. But anyway, Joe uh, AJ Minter uh, is definitely our favorite for saves here moving forward. Um, I'm surprised to see that there was no Joe Joe Jimenez today. Um, not sure. I know he's been dealing with some some injuries and some some stuff. So. Um, but it was Colin McHugh to AJ Minter today, which could be what we, what we, you know, what the Braves go with until Iglesias gets back, which we still don't have a timetable. So, um, AJ Minter is definitely worth a worth an ad, worth a look in pretty much all leagues right now. Yeah, it was just uh, disappointing to see Iglesias go down right after we had just anointed him the guy who's going to lead the league in saves. So that was the the biggest hey, don't disappointment. Put this we, uh, don't put this we on me. I did no, not. No, I know. That. I meant yeah, <laughs> I mean, not I, you. I, Sorry, I, I, me and I'm Rick. Just, Rick just, and I. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that was disappointing, and uh, I touted him as one of the safer guys. But this seems like a, a short term injury, right? Like mm-hmm. he's just going to be out the minimum two weeks or whatever. That's it's what I think, but they haven't said anything yeah. yet. That's the one concern I have. And a shoulder, any inflammation, it's always a you know concern we're seeing with Tristan McKenzie and uh, Justin Verlander now too. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's nowhere near that severe. But you know anything with a shoulder, it's something to be slightly concerned about. Yeah, and I and are you? I was just say I think with ahead. like Mac, you know Max Reed going down today, and it didn't look like a major injury, but. They're saying he's going to miss at least one start and be placed on the IL. So I'm sure they're going to take it slow in the beginning part of the season with those injuries for their pitchers. I'd say so. And so Joe Jimenez, is he worth any sort of look? He was someone I was kind of throwing out there in my head as a possible candidate until we saw game action. But any intrigue in him at this point, or is it really just mentor? Uh, Deeper leagues, I he might still be he might be worth like a, a hold over the weekend or a look at like over the weekend to see how things shake out but um i think minter minter looked pretty good today i i think he's gonna be the favorite for saves as long as iglesias is out so it's another injury came this news came out on opening day so we have actually this is our first time we get a chance to react to it but daniel bard who we know the three of us have not been in on Daniel Bard for fantasy purposes. He's being placed on the 15-day IL as he deals with anxiety. Obviously, it's a bigger deal than fantasy baseball. We hope he comes back soon. We know he's missed a lot of time in his career due to just the yips and just not having control of the baseball. So hopefully he gets back on the field soon enough and that he is able to control this is not something we want to take lightly but for fantasy at this point this leaves an opening for bullpen that we're not too excited about we have not had the chance to react to a game yet because we have not seen the rockies play they play it we'll be playing live but we won't be while we're recording this so hopefully we get an answer soon but do you have an instant favorite for the rockies or saves at a committee where do you where do you see this rocky bullpen going now um yeah i mean first yeah i want to say that the that's that's a tough that's a tough thing you know Bard's dealing with here and it's I'm you know it's it's great that he's he's being open about it and I hope he takes his time and comes back right and you know when he's ready to and doesn't get pushed back so you know, as far as what happens in the meantime I, I honestly I really think you just should no matter almost in any league just stay away from the situation but um if you need to pick one, it's going to be, I think, the Nelson. I mean, Pierce Johnson was signed and he might get the first crack. Um, 
I, I don't know if I, I don't really love him as a closer potentially, but uh, I, I feel like Lamette, if, if Lamette can get his stuff back to where it used to be, I, I really, I think there's something there potentially as a, as a back end reliever. Um, but those are the two names. And I, I think right now I would, I would take a shot on Lamette just because his stuff plays more up as a closer. But uh, Johnson is the guy they spent money on. He, he got the contract this offseason, so so it could be him. I, I, I really would stay away from both, though. Yeah, Coors really makes it difficult to want to have any of any type of pitcher on your team in terms of fantasy. I would have to echo those sentiments. I think Lamette is probably the guy that I'd be most excited about. Justin Lawrence, I think, is a good sort of underrated guy there that could have a breakout season. But knowing the Rockies, they're just going to go with the oldest guy in the bullpen. Right now, that's Brent <laughs> Suter, but he's only like half a year older than Brad Hand. So I could really actually see Brad Hand being the guy closing out games, which would be uh, terrible for everybody involved. But yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be something that I would target. It's going to be somewhat disastrous. But if you've got a crazy pitching staff and all you're missing out on is saves and you can sort of withstand the lack of Ks or terrible ratios, then I guess give it a shot. But it's really hard to throw throw darts on a bullpen that's really not going to pay massive dividends. I agree. I'm not touching any of this. I think it's just, we'll see. Maybe someone emerges. Bud Black doesn't fully go to the committee. We've seen him kind of just name a guy, but Nobody really stands out in Colorado unless, you know, someone gets really fixed. So keep an eye out, but I don't think we're going to be seeing many high fab bids for Colorado Rockies closers coming up over the next few weeks. Lawrence is a good call out, though. I I forgot. I mean, he looks really nasty right now. I just I kind of want him to just get him out of Colorado so we can he can be worth fantasy valuable. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he he, he does have some that that breaking ball is nasty from that arm angle. Next injury that's worth covering, Joe Mantiply, is also going to be starting the season on the IL for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll combine this into a little bit of news. We've seen it a little bit. You know, Tori Lavolo has kind of tipped his hand a little bit. That Scott McGuff may be the guy who gets the first crack for saves in Arizona. Are you buying that? Is he not a favorite in your mind? Or is this still without Mantiply? Or is this still kind of the same mess we've been making all off season. Another one we haven't had a chance to watch live yet, but it's is McGuff with the what's Lavello saying the favorite or it's still anyone's game. Yeah, I think with him, you know, he he worked the ninth inning and you know, ninth inning of a spring training game rarely really means anything, but for teams that are, you know, looking to, you know, put their bullpen together, it, it can, especially late in the late this late in spring training. So with with him pitching the ninth the other day, I think that's kind of a sign that um he's going to get the first opportunity for saves. And you know, I'm I guess I'm kind of, I am interested just in you know he's looked he's looked a little bit better lately. The velocity's come back. Um, and the splitters is bread and butter. So I I, I think that that's been getting whiffs. So I. I I think there's some there's some interest here. There's some you know I don't know if he needs to be rostered in all twelve team twelve teamers, but um, definitely getting more interest from me. And I and I think you know we'll see this weekend. But I, I think he is the closer in um in Arizona. Yes, yes, victory lap number one for the <laughs> for the podcast. We'll take for it. You. We'll take it. We'll take as many of his victory laps as yep. we can. We'll see. And the final bit of, uh, I guess, 
injury-ish related news. Obviously, this is another one that's more important than fantasy baseball, but we've gotten some really encouraging news from Liam Hendricks and to a point now where the Chicago White Sox did not place him on the 60-day IL. He's going to be on the 15-day IL. This is some really great news. He's been said to be making an incredible recovery. I haven't fully seen, obviously, a timetable as there probably shouldn't be at this point, but with this news, are you guys more interested in stashing Liam Hendricks if you have an open IL spot at this point? Yeah, I think, I mean, depending on your league and the settings and whatnot, if, if you can, if you think you can, um, you know, hold, hold someone on IL for two months, for two months, um, then I'd say go for it because this is one of those rare situations. I feel like most closers can lose their job from being out for an extended period of time. But I, I, I think no matter what, if he comes back, he's going back into the role, no matter how well Reynaldo Lopez pitches, you know, the rest up until that point. So, um, yeah, I, I think Hendricks, I mean, it's great news. I mean, hopefully they, they're thinking maybe around June or by the end of June, potentially, which would be awesome. But uh, yeah, still a long way to go here. And but uh, but at least we're getting some good news. Definitely. I, there was sort of the idea that he was going to be out for the whole season. Yeah. So I think many people were avoiding him completely in drafts. But now that we have this good news that he's responding well to treatment, there's definitely if you've got either unlimited IL spots, or you've got a lot of IL spots and a, and a team that doesn't seem like it's going to get hurt, then it's probably worth it to at least try to hold on to him because he could be back within the next like two and a half, three months, which would be amazing to see. I would love to. He's uh, one of my favorite relievers to watch uh, not just because he's an incredible pitcher but also he's definitely a character and it's not just because he's australian it's a uh, he's just a, a special player and a special uh person yeah i agree he's a lot of fun to watch i hope he makes a speedy recovery and he can be back out for us for entertainment purposes fantasy purposes whatever the case may be come uh later in the season but we'll move over to Opening day, I said we've actually had meaningful baseball games. So we actually have usage stuff to analyze so far. So before we go, we're not we'll go sort of game by game. This won't be our normal trend, but it's opening day, so we want to go through as much as we possibly can. But before we do that, we'll start with you, Jake. What stood out to you most? What was like your one? If there is a major takeaway you can have from opening day of all the games, everything we've seen so far, what's your biggest? takeaway from opening day we're talking about just relievers right this is a reliever podcast this is a reliever podcast we gotta stick with relievers maybe at the end we can okay. do some non-reliever talk <laughs> yeah well i mean like you mentioned there was a lot to there's a lot to talk about i mean they're pretty basically every game we saw something that has impacts on how we're going to see the reliever roles and the, the the back end of the bullpens shape out for every single team I wasn't able to watch every game, so I didn't really get to like see what the pitchers were looking like, but I did get to have the opportunity to peruse some of the box scores. But to be completely honest, this game going on right now with Reynaldo Lopez closing out is probably the one that stands out most for me. Not just because I'm taking a victory lap on that one. Um, um, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> having a great day over here. But uh, also because his stuff looks crazy. It does. He's, he came out there and he threw a hundred yeah. miles per hour. I heard Rick make a, a <laughs> little exclamation and I did too. I was just sitting here with my jaw dropped for the whole time he was pitching. He was sitting like two miles per hour higher on his fastball, like consistently hitting 100 to 101 
and his slider was three miles per hour fastball or faster yeah. and his changeup he was throwing at 90 miles an hour as well he looks like a completely different pitcher and even though he did give up a home run to Jordan Alvarez and walked a guy which Jordan hit a, a really good pitch out of the park and he's a great hitter so you can't really blame Raylo for that but he looks like somebody that could be incredible this year if, if he's not just sort of pumped up on adrenaline yeah it's worth noting just going through that since we'll get into, we'll get into that game as we're watching us he just completed the save so we get that pat yourselves on the back we got Ronaldo Lopez save on opening day that's a nice a big a big one but Kendall Graveman was brought in in the eighth inning of a tie game on the road and you know what Ronaldo Lopez faced as we mentioned at the beginning of the show Two, three, four, five in the Astros order. Whether it's situation managed, whether it's he wanted to get saved, or it was a big part of the lineup. Ronaldo Lopez is going to be, at least from this point on, at this point right now, he seems to be the guy in the big situations. Maybe he gets some uh, um, some of that fireman role and faces the meat of the order in like the eighth inning and other points. But right now, Ronaldo Lopez, like I said, stuff was great. Looks like the guy you want in the White Sox bullpen. Obviously, it's one game, but we got to take what we can get at this point in the season. Yeah, I, I would say he... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go overboard, but he should be rostered pretty much everywhere, I think, this by this oh, weekend. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, I would agree. Rick, we'll move over to you. What was your big takeaway? If you have anything more to add to that one or your biggest takeaway at this point? Uh, um, I think yeah. I mean, Jake did a pretty good job summing that stuff up, and I want to. I think it was interesting. I think the Blue Jays used pretty much every single reliever they had today. Um, we're like, I don't know. It's it's opening day, and you don't want to. You know, Manoa was kind of struggling, but um, yeah, the Blue Jays bullpen management was definitely actually. I mean, both teams in that game, the Cardinals too. The bullpen management was a little bit sketchy. I guess teams are feeling feeling things out this, like opening day, but um, uh, and then you know how the Twins kind of managed the back end of their bullpen, I thought was interesting and definitely surprised me too. And we we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, yeah, it's always interesting to see like when the when the games matter how how things pan out at the end of games. Yeah, definitely some questionable bullpen management on both sides in that one. But like I said, we'll cover that game in just a little bit. So we'll take actually our first break. We'll jump in when we get back. We'll jump into go game by game as much as we can. Kind of take away some of our usage, get into a little bit of news and you know, try and take what we can from this amazing day so far in baseball. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. 
That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so let's get into the game-by-game recap. We'll start at the 1 o'clock Eastern uh, Eastern games. And the big takeaway, the Braves, obviously, they beat the Washington Nationals. The big storyline, I guess there's two things we could pot, two things of note, at least for me, that stood out. First, from the for Nationals, they brought Kyle Finnegan in the ninth inning, trailing 4-2. to two. He was unable to hold the lead. He was unable to, uh, or not hold the lead. He was unable to keep the game where it's at in four two. Gave up three runs, making it, I believe, seven to two. To which AJ Minter came on to finish the game for the Braves. He was warming up for what looked like a save situation. We talked about it at the beginning of the show that that kind of points Minter as the the top candidate for saves at this point for Atlanta. But you know, is there anything else you want to add to that? Is there any concern with Kyle Finnegan from what uh from what you saw? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely not a good. It's not. That's not a great. Um, you know, from Finnegan's standpoint, because I was already a little bit skeptical on him potentially. You know, on how long he was going to hold on to a closer job, and you know whether or not he even has it. But I, I suppose he does since he pitched in the ninth and Hunter Harvey worked the eighth inning. Um. But yeah, it's you know Finnegan's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna have some rough outings. This whole bullpen's gonna have some rough outings. So, uh, you know, between like a Finnegan or a Reynaldo Lopez, it's I think it's clearly Reynaldo Lopez at this point, and you know that's not really what oh. I, I know, but that's not even close. I know, but like <laughs> just, just looking at like ADPs towards the end, you know, yeah, you know, it's 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 those were you know wildly different uh, numbers for those two guys. So I, I mm-hmm. you know. Finnegan's definitely not someone to to, to trust right now, and Minter. I, I just yeah, I, I guess Minter would look great, and I'm just curious as to where Joe Jimenez was. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, you know, Colin McHugh is definitely going to factor into holds there, probably more so than he did last year, and especially with Iglesias out. So you know, if you're in holds leagues, McHugh is always always a solid target, always pretty safe. He doesn't doesn't get you know blown up ever he's great for points leagues because you're not getting negative mm-hmm. points you can go multiple innings yeah. he's a big plv guy too mm-hmm. so yeah we we've pumped him up a little bit already this off season but yeah you you made some great points there i think with if finnegan keeps pitching like this he probably won't have the role for long and it was nice to see our boy hunter harvey out there and still uh showing the same velocity that he had before uh, it was good to see him throw a curveball one 
which was uh, <laughs> I know one yeah. <laughs> not progress. a lot progress not, yeah exactly better than nothing but he wasn't throwing 80 percent fastballs which was interesting he was more like 58 percent 60 percent around and throwing through his splitter a few times which is great to see I'm not too excited about this bullpen. It just seems like it's going to be a mess if they don't just give it to Hunter Harvey and they let sort of people run through the role and struggle and the team doesn't win a lot of games. But the Braves bullpen is interesting for the fact that I don't know if we factored in enough the fact that Kenley's out and it just moves everybody up the line, up the ladder, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. instead of just like, oh, we, we still got all the same guys like you said, McHugh's probably going to factor into more holds. And I don't think it, many people considered that before because last year in the second half, they were they had Iglesias and, and Minter and uh, Kenley Jansen. They just had so many options in the late games that McHugh was sort of an afterthought. And now I think he could be more of a centerpiece of the back end of that bullpen because it's sort of a necessity, right? They brought in Joe Jimenez, but we didn't see him today. We don't know if last year's breakout is going to continue into this season. I think there's a few questions there and with the rest of the bullpen, but I think you're right in pointing out that McHugh can definitely have a bigger role and that Minter is probably the go-to guy here, especially because I thought Lucas Lutke looked pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I know he gave up a run and didn't strike anybody out, but his stuff was looking pretty nice. Yeah. We talked about throughout the offseason, Braves going to have one of the best bullpens in the leagues. The Nationals, not so much. They might be the favorite for the uh, worst record in MLB, which doesn't mean good things for our fantasy uh, bullpens. Quick, quick. Uh, Yankees in the... I'll just give oh, you a quick yeah. uh, Hunter Harvey so stat from today. He did. He threw 12 pitches and did not get one called strike or one whiff. Uh, so, wow. I, 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 I don't know how stuff. he got out of that. It, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, not not getting a lot of swings and misses or missing bats here. So that's not great. Let's hope he turns things around so we can do some more uh, victory lapping. <laughs> but Yankees and Giants, there's not too much to take away from the bullpen. We'll kind of breeze past that one. Yankees won 5 nothing. Cole went six shot innings and the Yankees went Peralta, Loizaga, and then Ron Marinaccio. By the time it got to the eighth inning, the Yankees ended up putting two more runs, so they saved Clay Holmes, had him warming up in case Marnaccio got into any sort of trouble, but really good stuff from the Yankee bullpen. Not too much to take away from there. It looks like it's pretty much what we expected with Clay Holmes being the uh, the favorite for saves, but Rick, you're the Red, 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 Red Sox fan. Uh, he made a battle in a really exciting game against the Baltimore Orioles. Can't take anything away from the Red Sox bullpen, but Felix Bautista, we saw his first save opportunity this season, and he got it. But are you concerned? He gave up two runs. Um, you know, any sort of concern from Bautista in his first save opportunity since uh, of the season and with the injury he had during during preseason. First of all, we can take something away from the Red Sox bullpen and that it is very not good, especially. <laughs> I was going to say those exact same words well, in that fans. exact same order. Yeah. <laughs> outside, outside of Jansen and maybe Chris Martin. And I mean, even Martin and Schreiber didn't look good this spring. So, I yeah, there, there's there's some concerns there. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think Batista, just because he's had a slow spring, I, I, I'm not too worried about, you know, the velocity being down today. I also, I think I saw a stat that this is only the second time he's pitched in weather under like 50 degrees at the MLB level. So, um, yeah, something I don't know. I mean, (laughs) how accurate that was, but, uh, if so, I mean, it it makes some sense. It's, it's a weird time of year, especially pitching in Boston and it, it was cold today. It was not, it was not, not warm. It was like 42. So I, uh, 
you know, I think it's going to take him some time to, 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 to literally, like literally and figuratively warm up to, um, you know, to get back to where he was last year, especially with, you know, only making a few appearances this spring. So not concerned yet. Um, another two weeks, if this is still going on, then, then we might start to, uh, hit the panic button a little bit. Yeah, that's a uh, great points. You're, you're not concerned though, that his fastball was down like two miles an hour. I, I think it's just because of the, I mean, it's similar with guys like, you know, Jose Leclerc and Fairbanks. They, all those guys, fastballs were down today. And I think it's just because they had a slow start to the spring and weren't really able to want to ramp up. So that's why I, I say give him another two weeks, uh, to a month and see where they're at and if it's still down then there's concerns for sure yeah that's fair wolver 2v next game and jake i'm gonna start with you because this is one of the calls that so far you're looking right for chicago cubs won for nothing but we did see maybe some uh trends towards the usage what can you take away from how the cubs were using their uh relievers in their win for sure. Victory lap number two. Michael Fulmer was the guy to technically close out the ball game. He did get the GF, the game's finish, not the girlfriend, but he looked pretty solid. I, I didn't get to watch it. I did have a friend say he looked, uh, I think he said, he said he looked gross. And I was like, is that positive or negative? And he said it was positive. So, and he's a Cubs fan. So I felt good about that. You know how negative they can be, but I think the thing that gives me the most positive feelings is the fact that he came out after Boxberger. They could have used Boxberger in the ninth. They could have saved him, but they used him in the eighth. And so that gives me the confidence that they've got Fulmer over Boxberger, but it does seem like it is between those two guys right now. We didn't see any other relievers pitch so we, or other than Keegan Thompson. So we can't really take anything from that. We don't know if Brandon Hughes is still going to be in that mix or if, you know, one of the younger guys can step in. But yeah, it was interesting to see Fulmer sort of using a bunch of different types of pitches. You know, he employed a, a sweeper. He threw his changeup a lot, but he threw everything about the same amount of times. He threw like five cutters, four, four, four seamers, three changes, two sweepers and a sinker. So it seems like he's going like kitchen sink vibes, which is somewhat interesting i don't really like when relievers do that because they can really survive with uh, a two-pitch mix really well but yeah i'm uh ecstatic to see him pitching the ninth of a game like this i wish it had been a save situation considering how many saves how many uh where how often i have him rostered in my leagues but you know i'll take it just uh the usage firmness of yeah just knowing that i have that having him in, in that role knowing that I was right. Yeah, and then you saw in the eighth inning when they brought, you know, while Boxberger also walked, walked someone, he started off at the bottom of the order. I believe he faced 8 9 1 2 or 9 1 2 and 3. Whatever it was, he faced the bottom of the order to the top, and then they brought in Fulmer to face the middle of the lineup. Hopefully, that's a trend moving forward for your sake in terms of uh, your predictions, but a good sign, too. Hope, you know, we seem to have some tendency that, uh, Fulmer, but then again, it's one game. But as of right now, Fulmer seems to be the leader, uh, leader in the clubhouse. A similar situation took place for our boy Pete Fairbanks. The Rays, in their usage, they had uh, Adam coming in the eighth. Pete Fairbanks was warming up in the ninth, but the Tigers, ta- or not Tigers, I mean Rays, tacked on a run to not make it a save opportunity. But Pete Fairbanks still got the game finished in a similar thing. Rick, it's, it's got to be points up for our boy, right? 
Yeah, it's definitely a good sign. Um, you know, again, just the reading the you know, he was gonna get the save opportunity if it came down to it. And it's the race, so it's it's hard to put a ton of stock into this early, but you know, one one game down and one potential save opportunity, so it's looking good for, for the Fairbanks call. Um yeah, I, I think, you know, again, I, I talked about Batista's velocity and Fairbanks' velocity is down two miles per hour as well. But again, I, I think it's just a slow start to the season. And I think it will get back to normal, you know, within the next two two or so weeks. Let's hope so. I, I was pumped to see that. And I was sort of pissed at Wonder Franco for hitting a dinger <laughs> in the ninth and taking that uh-huh. save from us because that would have just made us look like geniuses right off the bat. But it, it is worth noting, though, that they used Jason Adam versus the one, two, three, four yep. in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So he did seem like he was the high leverage guy there. So they're de- I mean, the re- we can't say that the Rays are not going to raise a little bit, you know, <laughs> like they're not just going to go straight up closer throughout the year. That would be more surprising than uh, Pete Fairbanks living up to the hype. But yeah, so that so that's like the only concern I have there is that Jason Adam is probably going to steal at least a few saves if he's going to be used in that situation as like the high leverage guy. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And like I said, it might have been the most upset I was at a player on one of my fantasy teams going yard with Wander Franco. I wanted it <laughs> so my other fantasy players can get a, a save. But you know what? We'll take it. It's a point in our favor. We'll take it. But uh like I said, that's a good point about how Adam was used and the leverage and the batters he faced. Keep an eye on that. Rays are going to ray, but Fear Fairbanks right now, leader in the clubhouse there as well. And speaking of the leader in the clubhouse, Jose LeClerc finished off another four-run lead for the Texas Rangers over the Philadelphia Phillies in a wild back-and-forth game that was dubbed as the uh, pitching matchup of the of the day with Grom versus Nola, and neither of them got out of the fifth inning. So that's baseball for you. But is there anything we can take away from Texas's usage? Is LeClerc being the guy to finish off the game? Does that point him as the favor in Texas? Or do you think that's just a one-game uh, a one game sample? Yeah, I think he's going to be the favorite for the foreseeable future. But I do have concerns here as well. With, um, you know, He also had some injuries he dealt with and was had a slow spring. But you know, he, his fastball was down a little bit. It was over was down over more than two miles per hour. So, um, and you know, he let up, he, he let up a walk and a, and a hit in this game and was able to get out of it. But I, um, you know, LeClerc never made saves easy. Even when he was the closer, he was, he's always kind of been, you know, walking a hit and like two or three K's and that was his outing. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good sign. I guess if, if you've rostered LeClerc somewhere and, you know, you're hoping he he takes this job because he, as long as he's converting saves, they're not. I don't think Bruce Bochy's gonna, you know, pull him from that role anytime soon. So it's a good start, and not that it was a save, but you know, I, I think that, like we said with Minter and Fulmer and Fairbanks, you know, four run lead in the ninth where closers closers still get work there. So it's it's a good good start from a usage standpoint. I just want to see the clerk stuff get better. Yep. Let's uh, let's take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue to dive through these games and uh, see if we can make any sense out of them. Uh, but we'll jump back and we'll get into one of our favorite relievers. Uh, we have, we're right back right here. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization 
so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution, and that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right. So for once, we actually have one where there was that first real save opportunity on this list. We got the save. David Bednar came in for the Pirates, held off the Cincinnati Reds in a very close game to pick up the first save of the 2023 season. Not, not too much more to take away. Is there anything you saw from Bednar? How the Reds use their bullpen, or anything of a of note in this in this matchup? Not, uh, not a ton. It's just you know trying to figure out who was gonna get the ball to Bednar, and um, I believe it was Colin Holderman today, which I do think he might be the second best reliever in that bullpen uh, when all is said and done. Um. And yeah, it's nice if you you know you you ra- you're rostering someone like Bednar and the Pirates. You know you you got to get some saves from team when they're playing the, against the Reds. That's like you know you got to get at least a save or two when there's a series against the Reds. So it's good to pick that one up for him. Um, the rest of this you know the rest of the Reds bullpen. Um, not a lot going on there. <laughs> a lot of names that I'm surprised to see in 2023 pitching. Um. But yeah, Bednar, good start for him and, you know, hopefully rewarding those who drafted him. It feels pretty crazy that two of the relievers with the safest roles are on the Pirates and Reds. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought I would really say that, but... No competition. Good start. (laughs) That's true. That's definitely true. But speaking of going on a competition, this is one we can take a real big takeaway. The Minnesota Twins hinted uh, at their bullpen usage, and we saw uh, some absolute filth from John Duran over 100 miles an hour on his fastball. Picked up the save for the Twins. Jorge Lopez came in in the seventh inning 
to hold the Royals. I believe it was a two nothing game at the time. Pitched a scoreless inning of relief. Duran came out and got the save. But Jake, is this uh, this is got to build up the confidence for you for Duran, right? Yeah, for sure. I was already very confident in him, thinking that he was like one of the, if not the best reliever in baseball, just in terms of his stuff and how dominant he was last year. But to see him come out and get the save on opening day. That's, that's wonderful news, especially for anybody that has him rostered. Interesting to see them use Jorge Lopez that early. I mean, seventh, eighth and ninth are all very close in terms of how much impact they have on who's going to win the game. Um, and I'm not quite sure what part of the order Lopez was facing. Does anybody know? Um, you guys talk and I'll look that up for you. Awesome. Um, yeah. So even if he was the high leverage guy, I just, it it would seem weird that they would use, I don't know, their clear second or third best reliever in the high leverage role, but you know, I'll take it. If they use Duran as the, as the closer all year, that might not be the smartest baseball decision, but I definitely think that's exactly what every fantasy manager wants because Duran is so good. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's about as much as you could hope for from, a guy that could be the number one closer in baseball this year if he is the outright closer there. Yeah, I think it's the the Twins just basically they put their third best reliever in the seventh inning, their second best reliever in the eighth inning, and their best reliever in the ninth. Like like mm-hmm. an old school, like you know how old school games were managed. And um, yeah, I, I mean if Duran's getting saves, yeah, you, you, he's a he's in that that tier of class A if if he's the consistent closer and. Um. Yeah, he looked. I mean, he, his stuff is just insane. I can't believe it's getting better. I don't like he, yeah. averaging 102 miles per hour is crazy. And yeah, nine, he averaged 99 on the, splitter. the splitters. Yeah, <laughs> at nine curveballs too on his 17 yeah. pitches. I feel like we never talk about. He's got the curveball too. Like this is just insane. But to answer the question, Jake, he actually Caleb Fieldbar started the seventh after getting out of the six and got a uh, Michael mm-hmm. Massey out. Then Jorge Lopez got Hunter Dozier and Kyle Isbell. I believe that was seven and eight hitters in the Royals lineup before they turned it over to Griffin Jacks for the eighth inning. But I guess we've kind of touted Griffin Jacks as someone to keep an eye out. The fact that he was brought in for the eighth inning. Eyebrows raised. Is there any uh, any value or interest in Griffin Jacks right now? How Hughes used this game? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's interesting because I, I do like jacks better than lopez so if they if they feel the same way and if they're gonna trust jacks in the eighth and and lopez in the seventh and i'm I'm surprised i'm glad and but also surprised that like emilio pagan didn't end up in this game somehow so i, I think the twins have a good handle on their bullpen right now and they use the they use the best guys today and and i think the best order so yeah jacks i mean if you're in an AL only or a deeper league, definitely, definitely worth a look because he's going to help you out, you know, with ratios and K's as well. Um, one note from the Royals bullpen before we move on, Carlos Hernandez. I was very interested in him when he was first starting for the Royals a few years ago. Um, he's really struggled in that role and now he seems like a full-time reliever and he was averaging 99.7 miles per hour with his fastball today, which was up three miles per hour from his average last year. His fast, his slider was coming in at 90 miles an hour. His stuff just seems it's always been insane, but it's playing up even more in the bullpen. And we've talked about how. Barlow seems like a safe reliever, but I think his role is less safe than we would like to believe, especially with Chapman there as well. I think Carlos Hernandez is the dark horse in that bullpen, and I'd keep an eye on him throughout the year. Definitely good option for holds. 
if you did not hear Rick and I let on audible ooh <laughs> when uh when you mentioned me ninety nine point seven mile per hour, but yeah, that, that was impressive. I did not catch too much of that game, but it's nice to nice to hear about it. The eyebrows are raised. I think it'll be someone I'm circling as a watch list lot watch list candidate right now. But we got our first hint at how the New York Mets were going to use their bullpen, and the first save went to David Robertson. But the very curious thing was that Adam, Adam Adovino did not show up. Brooks Raley, Drew Smith pitched to be seventh and eighth innings, respectively. Buck Showalter came out before, I believe, on a Wednesday to kind of talk about his bullpen and said that Robertson may get the bulk of it. He has the most experience, so he kind of hinted at him maybe mm-hmm. being the guy, but throughout all four of those names as options. But with how this was used, is you think Robertson in those comments, he's now the, the favorite, or are we still... What do you take? What can you take out of those comments and opening day usage so far? Yeah, I think as long as the roster is what the roster is currently, I think you're going to get Robertson at around 75, possibly 80% of the saves. So, you know, I, I think Rayleigh and Ottavino will mix in a little bit there too. Maybe Drew Smith once or twice, but uh, Smith looked good today too. I, I think this is, um, yeah, it's going to be Robertson's bullpen to lose. I think just I think Buck Showalter said it the best that or what makes sense is, you know, he, Robertson's the guy with the experience, most experience in the role on the roster. So that's what he's going to go with. And I get it. It makes sense. So um, he looked fine, too. He had he, had, he pitched well. He had two strikeouts. Um, stuff. I mean, he's never going to blow. He's not he's not going to throw 93 plus. He's he's low V low guy, but he's been doing the job for the last two seasons. So. No reason to uh to think that he's not worth a roster spot on your fantasy team now. Yeah, one thing of note for the Marlins, how they use their bullpen. We saw Tanner Sky, at least that stuff. I mean, he came in in the tie game in the seventh inning. Yeah, Skip Schumacher also had some interesting comments for how he was going to use their bullpen. And it was basically all these guys going to get saved, but he threw up three names with Scott, uh, Floro, and AJ Puck. So. We're monitoring that closely. Is there anything to take out there? The fact that Scott was the one that brought in, or just it's one game? Uh, we'll just monitor I, it closely. Uh, I think if any, I think it might show that I, I don't think Scott's a real competitor, and that I think it's Floro and Puck, and I, I, I think Puck's going to be the guy eventually. But Floro might still get the first save opportunity. But uh, Puck's definitely the guy to roster here still, and I don't think that's changing over the weekend, no matter how this thing shakes out for me. All right, moving on. We saw we talked about this, so let's let's dive in the Cardinals and Blue Jays game. I'm not even gonna get it. I'm just gonna let you guys talk. There's a lot to take away from both Ryan Helsley, Jordan Armano, guys getting the ball to Helsley. What's your big takeaways from that? Uh, wild uh, Blue Jay win over the Cardinals. Yeah, I think the first thing was when I was I was watching this and I was like, what, where in the eighth inning and where, where's Giovanni Gallegos? And turns out he was held out because he's got a back injury. day to day. Doesn't look like it's going to need an IL stint, fortunately. So, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, both bullpens just really struggled to to hold any sort of lead in this one. Uh, Eric Swanson looked good, but he pitched the fifth inning, um, I w- which I found interesting because that's a guy that they brought in. I thought to be the the, the setup guy for 
Jordan Romano. So seeing him that early kind of raise a, raise an eyebrow. Helsley, I think, will be fine. I'm not too concerned. Um, you know, Blue Jays are a good offense, and at least Hel- Helsley's stuff still look good uh, from a velocity standpoint. But yeah, I, I I think this is a you know both these bullpens don't have a ton of depth, and you know Yumi Garcia and isn't really someone who I want pitching the eighth inning for me. Um, if I'm a team that wants to go to the World Series this year, great points. I like Callan said. There's lots to talk about in this bullpen uh, between both of these teams. They were both employing the depths of their bullpen and showing off what they got this year. I think one funny point is Adam Simber was pumping gas down three miles an hour to 84 miles an hour on his four seamer. I can throw that fast. Um, maybe actually I could, I, I, I would like to go to a, a radar facility and, and see what I got I'm in my arm. We're going to need videos of that. If you do. <laughs> well, I did one of those like, uh, uh, like arcade ones where the ball is like super light and I was hitting mm-hmm. 70. So, I, I think I I think I could get close to eighty. Go to drive live for a weekend and you'll be okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll be throwing a hundred like Reynaldo Lopez. Um yeah, I, I think Eric Swanson probably was used in a high leverage role, which is I that's probably why they brought him in. They wanted a guy they can trust to use throughout the ball game and give their bullpen some more depth where they can use guys like Simber and, and Yimi later in the game and not really worry about what part of the lineup they're facing and Romano seems like one of the safest closers in the game. I think that's very apparent in St. Louis. It was crazy to see Jordan Hicks coming out, averaging 102 on his fastball and topping out at 104. Just ridiculous heat coming out of his arm. I definitely couldn't throw that fast. Um, And the slider was up to 88 miles per hour on average as well. He struggled somehow though. I don't know how people hit his stuff, but it's definitely going to be, difficult to keep myself from hyping him up all year if he's pumping that kind of stuff in the strike zone all year so that that's going to be exciting one especially if helsley continues to struggle and maybe gallegos is still injured hicks is the next guy up there and he definitely has closer stuff so that's something i'm going to be watching but you have to imagine helsley's going to bounce back after the year he had last year but we do sort of have to keep in the back of our minds that in the second half last year Helsley was not as good as he was in the first half. That first half was absolutely incredible. I'm talking right now to wait for fan graphs to load his splits, which have now finally loaded. And in the second half, he had a 2.10 ERA, which is great. But compared to the 0.69 ERA, not as earth shattering. But I still think he's a, a great pitcher and he should hopefully bounce back. But they do have a pretty insanely good insurance policy in Jordan Hicks. Yeah, I think this is also, you know, the reminder of uh, your Gallegos shares are still going to have some value because yep. of healthy mm-hmm. struggles. We've kind of, we're talking about it during the offseason. I, I, this isn't a victory lap by any step, but, you know, how confident are we with Helsley? I think he's still the, the guy, don't get me wrong, but, you know, would it shock you to make the switch? They made the switch pretty quick from Gallegos last year. It wouldn't shock me if they do that same switch, you know, later in the season with the going from uh, Helsley to Gallegos or like Jake said, maybe they stick with Jordan Hicks. So lots of guys to monitor. The Cardinals bullpen is going to be uh, very interesting at this point. The Blue Jays, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Jordan Romano, he's pretty darn good. He's pretty darn good. We've 
we reacted live to this one, so I don't know if there's too much more we want to add, but the White Sox and Astros game, Ronaldo Lopez got the save. Kendall Graveman appeared in the eighth. One thing of note, Ryan Presley did blow the save in our, I guess it was tie game in the ninth inning. He came on for as a closer should gave up two runs. Thanks to a two run double from Andrew Vaughn. Anything else we take away from this Astros White Sox game? Any, you know, Rafael Montero blew the lead in the eighth inning. Anything to take away at this point or wait and see? Yeah, I think, you know, it's Montero is definitely someone I'm not as uh, high on this year from last year. Um, not just because of this game, but I I think he was mostly lucky last year. Um, Presley didn't his stuff doesn't didn't seem too bad. He just um, you know I, I'm not too concerned with him. It's early one day, so I think it was it was good to see him. Um, you know his velocity be back back to where it was last year. Um, that's good to see because I know last year he start his velocity was down to start the year. Yeah. So you know, and then other, other than that, it's just you know, Reynaldo Lopez, the electric factory. Um, I yeah, I can't believe he was he was in the, sitting in the hundreds. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> right, it would have been it would have been something by itself if he had just saved the ball yeah, game, right? Yeah. But yeah. the fact that he came in there looking like a completely new pitcher that like was even more dominant just increases the hype that much more and full disclosure we were talking while the game was going on and as soon as we saw Renato Lopez was coming in we said we had to start recording so we can live react <laughs> to how he looks and I'm so glad that we did he, he looked really good his favorite mm-hmm. Kendall Graham will still show up he'll still be part of that mix but Lopez right now looks like the guy and like you said everything looks great I'm very curious to check out his savant uh, numbers by the end of this show but like we said, we're still recording during these West Coast games. We're not going to get to any save opportunities. These games have just started by the time we hit record. So, But we want to go into a little bit of some of it, including some of the latest news. We'll start with the Oakland Athletics Jakes team. Mark Kotze had some very interesting words about his closer mix. They signed Juris Familia, and then they asked who's going to be getting saves and said it's going to be a committee between Trevor May, Juris Familia, and Danny Jimenez. We were to show that was pretty much touting uh, Trevor May, how good of a value he was. Are we worried about touting him? Are we, do we have concerns about Trevor May at this point? Should we go out and get Jerry's Familia or Danny Jimenez? Anything? What do we guys, what do we think about that point? Um, I'll start just because my team. Sorry, Rick. Um, no, go for it. <laughs> I was going to tell you to start anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would have a little bit of concern. I, I, sort of talked about this early on in the season when you were talking about uh, Danny Jimenez as a sleeper that you liked really late in drafts. And there are definitely concerns. We, we couldn't really sort of anoint Trevor May as the clear cut closer until he actually saved a ball game or saved multiple ball games in a row. And obviously that has not happened yet. They, their game just started obviously, but there's, there's still concerns, but I do think he's sort of going to show himself as the most trusted reliever in that bullpen. Hopefully it doesn't take too long for him to get in that role because, like I said, throughout the offseason, they're going to want to trade him, and the best way to get a lot of value out of him is to pump him up in the ninth inning. But that being said, to answer your second question about who would you target, definitely Danny Jimenez. I have no... <laughs> uh, I'm not interested in Familia at all, and 
he he's had up and down seasons in his career. You can go back to 2016 when he saved 51 ball games for the New York Mets with a 2.55 ERA following a 43 save season with a 1.85 ERA. So we've definitely seen him be absolutely elite, but that is not the case anymore. Last year, he had a 6.09 ERA, which was very unlucky. He had a 3.86 BABIP and a 4.29 XFIP. But if he's more of like a fours ERA guy, I still don't think that's close to what May or uh, Jimenez in this case are going to be featuring. It'll be interesting to see if he's got like something new, but uh, what team was he on before that, that let him go? The Diamondbacks. They don't need any yeah. relief help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is fair. Uh, I guess if it was like a team like the Reds or something and they let him go, I'd be like, uh, what are the A's doing? But yeah, it, it is somewhat weird that they're touting a guy that had a, a six ERA last year, but you can point out that he had a sub four ERA the two seasons before that. I don't have too much faith in him sort of putting everything together in Oakland, but it's not out of the question. He does have potential just in just by having be, having been a, a, an elite closer in the past, but you never know. I, I would target Jimenez though over Familia. Yeah, I was very, I will say, funny, not funny story, but we were doing a live stream during PitchCon. Rick and I were on with uh, Greg Jewett doing our reliever panel. And at that point, Jerry Smilia signed his minor league deal. And I very jokingly said, oh, look, Jerry Smilia, he's going to be relevant for fantasy. Well, maybe. Maybe. Prescient. It's, uh, he said, it's crazy that it's 2023 and we're talking about Jerry Smilia as a save candidate, but. Here we are. So keep an eye on that game. Then again, they are facing Shohei Otani, so we may have to wait till the weekend until we ha- get to see any sort of a save opportunity in Oakland. But as soon as I say that now, we'll probably get a save on that. So maybe you're listening to this and already know the answer. But who knows? Rick, anything else from these West Coast teams? We talked about the Rockies at the beginning of the show. We talked about the Diamondbacks a little bit. Anything you're monitoring for these guys, for those guys? I think it's yeah. The Rockies are the big one to to, to look at um, to see that they're, they're in a one one. They're in a, they're tied with the Padres in the second inning, still early. Um, you know, I, yeah. There's going to be a lot tonight. I think we're going to wake up. We could have we could have some answers in either either Oakland or the Angels. We, we're still waiting to hear. Yeah. You know, I feel like this is like election day, and we're just like trying to like f- find out the results. <laughs> it's like. Who's gonna Who's gonna win and who's gonna be the closer in L.A. and Oakland? Uh, the Diamondbacks are playing tonight. Uh, the one play and you know Seattle too. It's you know between I, I think it's gonna be Seawall, but it's I want to be interesting to see how Munoz is used as well. So um, yeah, some some fun things to look at for tonight. But um, yeah, that that hopefully we get someone to close out a game in, L, in the Oakland game, Oakland Angels game, so we can get some. Get at least one answer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Agree with that. But that's gonna, you know, so that kind of leads into generally when it comes to these shows, we wrap it up with things we're keeping an eye out for. And like I said, it's a one, one day sample we've gotten so far. We've talked about these West Coast teams, but as we move forward in the seasons, we go through uh, this coming week. Anything other? bullpen situations you're trying to monitor we've kind of talked about the show but is there one or two things that you're tuning into save opportunities you really want to keep a closer eye on we'll start with you jake 
Um, I think it's just going to be a lot of the same stuff. We've got a pretty short slate tomorrow, but I know we're not going to be recording up until next Thursday. So we'll have a whole week of, of things going on. I think it's just going to be a lot of the same stuff that we were sort of hoping to see today. One of the biggest things I think is going to be seeing if guys have their velocity back. We talked about a few guys that were down two miles per hour today. It's going to be pretty important for those guys to get that fastball velocity back. We did a study this past offseason about the correlation between fastball velocity and being an elite reliever, and it's definitely sticky. It's definitely important to uh, throw hard as a reliever, especially in comparison to yourself. So that's going to be important for those guys to get their velocity back. And then obviously just pretty much every single bullpen role where there's a battle going on right now, definitely going to be keeping a close eye on those, especially on uh, Pete Fairbanks. If he gets that next save or or save-ish opportunity, I'm going to be pretty pumped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's how I'll go into as that those those are great great points. Um, I also I think the one other thing is, I, we don't we haven't talked a ton about him, but like Kenley Jansen, mm-hmm. I just want to see where you know it, how he looks. Um, you know he's had some weird like kind of sicknesses or medical things mm-hmm. going on, and you know it's, you have to bring you have to remember that he's got a heart condition. So I, I want to see where he's at and how. Um, you know how he looks for, you know. I, I still think he can be one of those guys we can rely. He's a reliable closer that you know in this day there's not a ton of them. So, is he still in that? Is he still one of those reliable guys in that second tier, or is is there going to be issues? So I, I'm interested to see his first outing and see how he pitches in April. Yeah, that's worth noting. Feel like you said uh, on Saturday, but one of the last games of spring training. You see it pop the news pop up in the Discord. Kenley Jansen leaves with trainer, and all of us start to wonder what heck's going on. We later find out that it was just like you said, sickness. He's a little lightheaded. You wonder if it's the Florida heat. You wonder if it's related. To, like you said, he has that heart condition. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. We haven't seen it yet, but I'd like to, you know, see what he looks like. He's a reliever that's generated a lot of a. Uh, a lot of conversation this coming se- going into this uh, this season, so I definitely want to monitor him and see where he's at and if he can still be that uh, that reliable reliever that we've uh, we've hoped he can be. And even though we none of us really were fully buying into him this coming season. Before we wrap it up, Jake, you kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show that it doesn't have to be does it have to be reliever centric? Before we end up, what was your big? Uh, highlight from open day it doesn't have to be relievers now just we'll give one a one or two things that really stood out for just highlights of the opening day now we have a real baseball back uh i think first on the list i think it was really cool to see aaron judge hit the first home run of the season and that's gonna be all we have for the show thank you for reminding (laughs) everyone that aaron judge went deep again End it on a good note. Um, yeah, I, I think it was pretty cool just to see the the guy who sort of was the definition of home runs in 2022 be the guy to start it off this year. Last year, the do you guys remember who the first home run was last year? That's a oh, was it Miguel Cabrera? 
No, no was that too no, that was, he had that home run in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. That was cool. It was Nico Horner. And I remember oh, that one yep. because I remember mm-hmm. tweeting after he did it that today Nico Horner has more home runs than he has in the last two years combined because he went two straight years <laughs> with zero home runs, which sure. small sample size yeah. disregarded there. Um, but yeah, it's a, that, that's sort of poetic to have him hit the first home run after that incredible record-breaking season. I also thought it was pretty cool to see Logan Webb set a new personal mm. strikeout record. I'm pretty sure I've said on the show before uh, he went to my ex-girlfriend's high school. So that was, oh, yeah. uh, I've definitely seen him play football before in high school, which is pretty weird to think about, but yeah, great day from him. I, I don't think anybody had on their bingo card, Logan Webb out striking out Garrett Cole on opening day, but he did by one. So pretty impressive there from uh, my boy Logie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that. Um, that was a great outing from him. I, I want to just, I think Adam Wainwright singing the national anthem was pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, um, cool thing to see. And, you know, um, I think O'Neill Cruz hit a home run today that like, I just really, I really hope he, he can be a legit 30, 30 threat. That, just give me the, the pirates. I know they have Brian Reynolds. who's a really good ball player, but you know, I want, I want to see someone like Cruz who's got like real, star potential and uh, i want to see like you know someone come out of pittsburgh um yeah he was looking really good today yeah, yeah. so yeah home run was easily oh. one one oh five one ten something like that yeah. i don't have it in front of me I think but it was 110 yeah easily over 100 miles per hour that was uh, insane mm. but i guess for me the big takeaway is a yankee fan garrett cole looked really good but more importantly for baseball, uh, seeing the young players make their major league debuts. Anthony Volpe starting at shortstop for opening day for Yankees was awesome. Jordan Walker getting a hit in his first at bat for the Cardinals was great. Oscar Collis, Colas came off the bench for the White Sox and got a pinch hit single. So seeing all those rookies and the, the top prospects in the sport make the opening day rosters starting on opening day coming through for their teams. We all harp on major league baseball for good reason for things they do wrong, but we can say that that rule they added in with the incentive to call people up and give them a potential year yeah. of service time for to finish in rookie year, it's having an impact for making the rosters. And so I'll say it for one of the few times hats off MLB. That's about rules coming in uh, very, very great so far. But that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of in the pen. Do we want to hype up some of the uh, some work before we end it? I know we're getting now that we have the uh, season grind. Let's let people know what uh what some of the reliever content we're going to be uh, pumping out over the next couple of days. Yeah, the reliever ranks are back. Um, opening day, I put out just the, pretty much a depth chart. Um, it's for opening day depth chart. So I know Jake, you got the the article coming out today, which would be Friday the thirty first. So. Um. Yeah, and from there on out, we'll we have a really good staff daily putting together all the information you need from a reliever standpoint. So, if you listen to this podcast, you should be checking out that article every day as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's definitely worth it. It it takes a while to write when you're covering every single game. There's there's a lot to do, but this podcast will definitely give me a head start on writing that tonight. But yeah, you'll see me there once or, or twice a week. So definitely read those articles really helps you stay up to date on everything that's happening in every single bullpen. If you're in a saves plus holds league, I I think that's probably like the most important article you could read on our site. Outside of that, I'm going to be 
putting out other stuff. I know I'm doing a gift breakdown of one of the starters that'll be making their debuts next week. And I'll be a member of the first pitch podcast. You can listen to me on Saturday and Sunday mornings to get your daily dose of baseball news and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be able to be found all over the place on, especially on the pitcherless website. Yeah. So keep an eye out for those. For me, it's just, just this podcast. I'll be in the discord, just chatting it up. I was having a great time talking some baseball with everyone in there today. It's just fun seeing everyone's excitement and the instant reaction and the, 10 to 15 messages of all rise or whatever when Aaron judged it's a home run or just letting people know or the constant reminder of, Oh, Hey, half your home league team just got hurt today. So that's fun, but <laughs> it's, it, it's, it was, it's great to have meaningful baseball back. And if you want to talk it with a great group of people, then getting a discord is a, the best place to do it. So I would highly, highly recommend it. So we'll be communicating more throughout there. Uh, as the season goes on so looking forward to those interactions uh, as the season gets going but thanks for tuning in to the in the pen podcast as always i am talon join jake and rick and we'll see you all next week